Thank you, God, for your word. And I pray, Father, Heavenly Father, as you brought manna down from heaven, that this word also nourishes our body and our soul and our spirit. So, Lord, I thank you for breathing life into it. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to speak. And I invite you to impart faith in what you need to impart. I pray that people have an encounter with your love through this message, Lord. And I thank you for the things that you're about to reveal. I praise you and I honor you and I glorify you, Lord. May you do the healing that you want to do in this time. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, I was led to the story of Samson, the birth story of Samson in Judges 13 and Old Testament, New King James Version, probably one of my favorite ones, but um, I was reminded in verse even one where it says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. But then God sends hope. And no matter where I am in my season, it's, it's like, so even if our righteous acts, acts are like filthy rags to him, he still loves, he still he still does what he wants to do and has no has no like nothing to do with us really like yes it does but it also doesn't and i was just thinking like in my hopelessness i understood why he brought me here to the story of the birth of samson because Hopelessness can almost feel like something has been gone, like done wrong or gone wrong, that you're in this place, in this state that I'm in. Um, but God doesn't forget, and he just doesn't let go. He doesn't let go. And so he could have left Israel in the hands of the Philistines, because they're doing evil, wicked things. They've disregarded him. They don't have a relationship with him. They ignore him, all this stuff. But God still shows his mercy, still shows his grace, still shows his love and his faithfulness because of who he is, because that's who he is. And I love that he chooses to do it through Zora and his wife, it says that there was a certain man from Zorah. Oh, no. Zorah is not the man's name. Sorry. There's a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah. I should have looked that up. I'm sorry. Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. So it's like very symbolic. A representation of how Israel is in the spirit. That she is barren. She is barren and she is bound by the Philistines. No children, right? There's no fruitfulness without God. And so I'm, I'm in a state where I felt the same way yesterday and today. Um, I maybe been feeling, but I would still, he would still extend grace and mercy where it's not always that way. It's just when I'm discouraged. And so it's like, I love that in that barrenness, that's where he chooses to do his miracle in that desperation, in that like hopelessness, he wants to come in as hope. He chooses to come. He chooses. He chooses to come to those who are hopeless because that is what true hope is. That is real hope. And so I love, I love, I love, I love that God does this. I, I just love it. I love his grace and his mercy that it just barges in and it disrupts the season of barrenness. It disrupts the discouragement. Like you cannot go more than one day feeling discouraged because God will not let you. And even if you do, it's like sit longer with him. Get to that heart place, that place in your heart 
where you surrender, where you really tell him what's going on and you let go of all the things that you want, let go of all the things that you're hoping, you're dreaming, you're forcing God's hand to bless you in the place where he has told you to move on or where he has told you to 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 be obedient in something, but you're not. And God is gracious to answer your prayer, to show you love, show you grace in that place. But it's almost like you're forcing his hand when there's somewhere better, something, something better for you in the act of obedience. So, because he desires obedience and not sacrifice, um, which is what I'm still constantly learning, what that obedience looks like and even the smallest of things like this recording, you know? So, so it says in verse 3, And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. I love that. He not only did it to Mary in the New Testament, but he does it here. He's, does it, he's done it consistently. Like he's, yeah, there's always this hope that you, if you are barren and you pray, God will bless and yes, you could place your faith in different avenues of how to receive that blessing. You know, IVF and stuff like that. I don't know why I'm talking about that. But as long as you're putting your faith in God and you hear from him, his instructions on what to do. So I love that here, God is not just saying, I'm about to give you hope. I'm about to answer your prayer. But he says in verse 4, he gives instructions so it's not enough that he that we receive this hope, but wait, wait for the instruction, listen a little more for that instruction of God. And because there always is an instruction with the blessing, like how he commanded Israel to be obedient with all their heart, mind, and soul, to love him with all their heart, mind, body, and soul, and they shall be blessed. So there is a certain instruction, and it's not like a deal. It's not. It's This is how you can be blessed and enjoy the blessing and the fruitfulness. And more fruitfulness shall come to you. But if you're outside of that, you can't even step into the blessing or receive the blessing and the breakthrough. Because it's not where he said it. It's not where he put, you, you know. There's a reason why it's in a different environment of obedience. And we cannot keep staying in a place of barrenness if he's trying to speak hope and giving us instruction to come out of the barrenness and i feel like i'm speaking that to myself too so anyway um not just you i'm hearing what holy spirit is saying too so it says now therefore please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean for behold you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a nazarite to god from the womb and he shall begin to deliver israel out of the hand of the philistines so this is incredible. Like he chooses to do his deliverance in a hopeless situation where people are feeling abandoned. And I'm sure it's not just his family and oppressed, you know, because sin always gives way to oppression. Um, it's like this open door. And even if Israel has not repented, God, because he himself is love, he is himself is faith. He himself is faithfulness. He himself is mercy and grace. Like he is reaching out and he brings that breakthrough. Because he's all the things that we are not. He's all the things that we desire, but we cannot have unless we go to him. And I love that it's his goodness that brings us to repentance. And here he's showing that he's demonstrating that. And it's not like the Israelites are showing some kind of remorse. It doesn't say here that they are. The last thing that is spoken about the Israelites is that they did evil in the sight of God and that he had to deliver them into the hand of the Philistines. Because that's what the law of sin does. We sin. There are consequences. But there's also oppression that comes with it because of that open door. But this is his grace. We always can still receive his grace. That's his forgiveness in that place of sin. And just surrender. I love that like he will bring the answer to us if we absolutely do not know. But as long as we are really seeking. Um, anyway, that's happened to me. 
recently. That's why sharing that part. But um, so I love the instructions that he's given. And the woman is in unbelief. She tells her, not unbelief, but she's like, this is incredible. She's telling her husband. And I love that she describes an angel of God very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from. And he did not tell me his name. I believe that she saw like Jesus himself, you know, but um, this angel of God described here. I love that he doesn't reveal those things. But she just knows in her spirit it's of God, you know? And we'll just know in the spirit it's of God or not. And I love that uh, Manoah prays to God after this. And he asks God to confirm, which God always does. Like, I love that. I love that he always just confirms if we are open, if we're open to what he has to say. And so I... My prayer for myself is that I remain open, no matter what, for God to confirm what he has been saying, what he is saying, if I'm missing anything, you know? And it says, it touches my heart in verse 9, and God listened to the voice of Manoah. But like I said before, there's this openness, this willingness, like God, I truly desire what it is that you have spoken, but how shall it come to pass? Is there anything that I can do? Is there anything that you've told me to do that I have forgotten? I'm sorry that I've forgotten, but God, would you in your infinite mercy and kindness and faithfulness to who you are, show me once again what that looks like? Because I would really like to know. And I would really like to continue to follow you. I don't want to continue to be in oppression and despair and condemnation and discouragement. This is not you. This is not my walk with you. You are always hope. And so show me what that is. And I love that Manoah prays it in his own way. He says in verse 8, Pray to the Lord and said, Oh my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. So he is now open to this word that was spoken over his wife. And God listened. He didn't have to. He could have just said, That's my word. You believe or you don't. Forget it. But he doesn't. He says, And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But her, Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman runs again, tells her husband, says, Look, this man who came the other day has just appeared again to me. So Manoah comes, follows his wife, and he came to the man. And he said to him, Are you the man whom, who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. I love that. And I love that... This is like a picture of redemption as well, because it just reminds me when he says, woman runs in haze, gets her husband, and the husband finally comes. It reminds me of the Garden of Eden, where Eve eats the fruit, and then she gives it to her husband, and they both hide from God. But this is the opposite. God, in raining down his hope, has restored not just order, but redemption to the curse that occurred in the Garden of Eden. I love that this is still, even in the Old Testament, that I could see God here and how he moved and how he redeemed. Even then, even before Christ came, he was always a redeemer. He redeems a story in this moment. He redeems it. 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 Because a woman gets a taste of that hope, of that faith, that blessing, that miracle that God wants to do. Not the, not the free fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil anymore. No, but this. This the real thing of God, you know. She gets a taste of it and she tells her husband, this is so good. You got you to gotta hear this. You got you to gotta receive this. Like, what do you think, you know? And he does. He comes in. They both meet. And I love that God is gracious enough that he will present himself again. You know? And I feel like this is... He delights. He delights to give us good gifts. Like, he's not a father who withholds. He delights. And he's a father who loves, give, give, loves to give good gifts. And he loves to do it. And he loves to see his children joyous. Like, there's such... 
energy in this passage right now. There's such excitement. There's such like desperation and just like, wow, this is a wondrous thing, a wonderful thing that is happening. And God chooses to be in their midst. I just love that. And Manoah, he asks, like, there's an exclamation point. Now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? You know, like, like this is a miraculous thing. She's been barren for however long it's been. And he's like, this is incredible, God. You're you're choosing to, to bless us. You're choosing to save Israel through us, through our seed. Like, what can we do? Like, what is it that you would love to do? Like, it's not just like... Does that make sense? It wasn't just like a blessing so that they can do whatever they want and be like, God, I'm so grateful that you gave me a son. I'm so grateful. And like, we're going to live happily. Thank you for this blessing. Bye. No, it's like, no, this is clearly, this is not just of your doing, but this is for you. There's something bigger that you want to do. So what is it that you want to do in this instance? What is it that you want to do through this blessing? What is it you want to do through this miracle? What are your plans? Because like, it just opened their eyes. Like when the blessing is coming, it's bigger than they think. It's already so big that this miraculous baby will be born. But the fact that he has a mission of God on his life. That there's something bigger to happen. That God wants to do something bigger. It just, I want to be in that place where when I see a miracle, when I see a blessing, like I want to know what God wants to do in it. Yes, it's already a miracle. That's great. But like, I no longer want to hold it to myself and say, okay, what, what is this miracle for me? Like, like, what is, what can I do with it? You know, like, I want this heart. I want this heart, this excitement, this natural excitement, this inclination. Like when we see something good and God brings it down and God brings it to pass, like, what do you want to do in it? This is yours. Like, clearly there's something bigger that I am not seeing. This is amazing. Like, what do you want to do? I love that because I feel it when he says like, now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? And so the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, this is verse 13, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. So I love that his instruction is clear. He's firm. He reiterates what he said. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she eat drink, may she drink wine or some other drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. So he gives this instruction, so please do this. So I love that his instruction, though, is like, you must be sanctified. You must be purified. You must be made whole. You must be made holy for this. Holy for this. Holy, holy for this. And it's just in safety, but also in a spiritual sense, a consecration that she may have. I love that because the state of where she is as a mom is the way in which he wants to bring the blessing. So like, I want to be able to be that vessel, that carrier, that channel that is consecrated, that is purified, that is refined. So that when the blessing is released through me, that I am a channel of that blessing, a channel of that miracle. Like it's just, it's pure. It's pure. It has been birthed through obedience, through consecration, through the Lord's consecration. Not my own, but the Lord's consecration. Like this, I was made by the hand of God, but this surely is also, whatever I'm birthing is also the hand of God and no one else. It originated from him. It is to him. It is through him. It is for him through and through from beginning to the end. And so the angel of the Lord, after he gives the instruction, Manoah says to him, please let us detain you and we will prepare a young goat for you. So he wants to offer a sacrifice because that's what they did at that time, you know. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. So I don't know too much about the distinctions. Holy Spirit, let me know about the angel of the Lord and all this stuff. But to me, it felt like as close to Jesus as it could be because like, or just the angels' missions, but something about this statement, I will not eat your food. It just reminds me of when Jesus was saying to his disciples, when they asked like, hey, did anybody give you food when you were by the well, you know? 
Oh, excuse me. God bless me abundantly. Um, so it's like, he says, I have food that you do not know of. To do the Father's will. I am full because I do the Father's will. This is the bread, right? That's just a paraphrase. Please don't take it literally because I'm trying to remember the verse by verse. But, um, but he says, you must offer it to the Lord. So yes, because he says Lord, it's possible it's not Jesus himself, but an actual like angel of the Lord that is distinctively different from other angels. I don't know. But I love this because it's always like, give it back to God. Don't offer anything to me. And we know that that's an angel of God because angels always glorify God. They know that they are not gods as demons say that they are. They're always bringing it back to God, always bringing it back to the Lord. And so Manoah said to the angel, to the Lord, what is your name that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. I just, I love this. I love this because he's saying, like, why do you ask my name? Like, that's not important. Don't you see what God is doing? Don't you see what he's doing? It is wonderful. Like, this is wonderful. It is wonderful. It's not about me. It's about God. It's like, do you not see this? Don't ask for my name. Why do you want to know my name? Like, that's not the point. Like, this is, look at this. Like, I love that the angel is in awe of God. As surely he was when Jesus came down to earth too. But everything that God did, they were just in awe and wonder of the things that he wanted to bring to pass. And how glorious God's thoughts are. And how wonderful they are. How miraculous they are. How merciful they are. How full of love they are. That he should do such a thing. You know? Like, I love that they are in awe. They're like, it is wonderful. 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 I want my gaze to be like the angel's gaze. Yes, they are servants, you know, but I, I want my gaze to be like that. Like, God, this is wonderful what you're doing. This is wonderful and mighty and mighty are you in what you are doing. Whatever is coming to pass, this is wondrous. This is wonderful. Oh, glory to you and not man. And if the angels also do not receive glory unto themselves, though they are messengers from heaven, and not earth like how much more you like how much more do you receive that glory how much more are you worthy of that glory and how much more should i not receive glory for myself but like to give it back unto you and like i'm just reminded of like when i share testimonies when i when i share what god is doing like it's not to provoke you into jealousy it's not to say like god did this for me you know and for you to think like what about me? You know, it's not that it's like I share it because there's an overflow in my heart of what God has done. There's there's an overflow. Like when you hear a testimony, it's not for you to think condemningly like, oh, I'm not like this. I'm not that way. No, for you to partake, for you to partake in what has happened, for you to be joyous in what has happened. Just listening to it is to build up your faith for more, to to build up your hunger for more your hunger and thirst and love for more of God just to have greater things of God to have great like the things of God what I mean is like breakthrough is like it's like love deeper love of God like this hope that is just breaking barriers breaking the limitations of what we have like what we can think like I'm running out of words to express that when you hear a testimony it is for you to take like partake of it it is for you to partake of it. He does not ask when you take communion that you should be the life that is laid down. You should also be the bread that is laid down and you, bread of life. Then when you take communion and drink his blood, that is also you to lay down your, your blood. And this is something you should do as a sacrifice. Like you should be a martyr, you know, like, yes, there are certain people call for that, but they are not doing it because they would just call for that. They were doing it because they're filled with the love of God. They're filled. They, they partake. They do it. We partake in the suffering of Christ. We partake in the mission of bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. We partake because there is joy in it. Because we have tasted 
what he has done. We have tasted what he's done. We have partaken of the bread and the wine that he has brought in his flesh, in his blood. Like there's, we do it because we have partaken of the joy. We have tasted his goodness. It is his goodness that we do all things. It's by his goodness, by his goodness, by his goodness. It's partaking. So when you hear a testimony, receive that faith. When you have the faith being built up in you for God to move, for God to touch your heart, to melt it, to soften it, for God to give you a different perspective, for God to show you what he's looking at. Partake of it. Receive. Receive the faith that is growing up within you. Just receive it. Partake of it. Enjoy it. Know that all things are possible with God. Whatever is impossible with man, it is possible with God. And that there is a bigger picture that you and I cannot see. But it is just a wondrous thing and a marvel to look at. That he should do a thing even in the first place. That we are never deserving of anything that he could have done, but he does it because this is who God is. That when God touches the earth, when God releases something from the heavens, from his heart, from his mind to come to pass, it is a wondrous thing. It is a wondrous thing. It is a wondrous, wondrous thing. Wondrous thing to behold, to behold, to behold, to behold. And this Samson is just a glimpse a glimpse, a foreshadowing of what will come when Christ comes. So I love that. I love that Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering, offered it upon the rock to the Lord, and he did a wondrous thing. This is not enough. God does not, it's not enough. He did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as a flame went up toward heaven from the altar. The angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. This is wondrous he did a wondrous thing he did a wondrous thing as if that was not enough he does a wondrous thing that god continues to amaze me god continues to amaze me god continues to amaze me people ask like why do you read what is the point of reading scripture what is the point Yes, it's to know God, to know God. They're like, okay, so I know that he did this. I know that he did that. That is really cool. No, it is to encounter God. It is to be filled with this faith, this faith of God. The stories that he tells is to build your faith, is to build my faith, is to build faith, faith in God, faith in God, faith in God and how incredible he is, how wonderful he is, how he doesn't, Stop. He doesn't cease to amaze me. He doesn't cease to amaze me. He doesn't cease to amaze me. And that is all happening in the spirit. That's happening in my heart. That's happening in my soul. My soul is being lifted up. My soul. And people will be like, oh, so what did you do today? Or what happened today? It's not about that. Ah, do you not see the miracle? Of a thing that is inside of me. Do you not see the miracle? Do you not do you not feel the increase of the faith and hope arise within me? The love of God arise within me. That is a wondrous thing in me being done. Is that not enough for you? You know, is that not enough for me? And it's like, again, I'm reminded of the woman at the well. She She's talking with Jesus, you know. Um, she has complaints. She's talking about like, you know, Jews worship there and they say, my people, we're not worshiping God. So where am I supposed to go? Like all this stuff. And he tells her, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. And he says, bring your husband. So he also reveals, I know you. I know you. I know your journey. I am the Messiah. And he says, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for a drink. You would ask he, you would be asking me for a drink and you shall never thirst because he has living waters and the water that I give to a person, it shall be come living water in them like a fountain springing up and it shall not run dry. Like, like she's already getting a taste of that in this dialogue that's happening between her and Jesus. It's she's already receiving. 
There's not a time that we are talking to Jesus. There's not a time when Jesus is talking and you're not being filled. It is impossible because his words are life. It pierces through bone and marrow. It sees the heart of man, but it also revives. There's this life. There's life. And she's so filled that is coming out of her. She leaves her water pots. She forgets that she herself is thirsty. It is hot. It is in the middle of the day. It is scorching hot. She forgets all of that. She runs into the city, her own city. She is a rejected woman. She comes out for water by herself in the middle of the day because people won't be seen with her. People don't want to be with her because of how they see her. But she is so filled. It doesn't matter. She starts proclaiming, I saw the Messiah. I'm with the Messiah. He has told me everything that I know. He has told me everything that I've ever lived. And she was barren. Barren in her soul. Barren in her life. Barren even after she married four or five times. That's the miracle. Because we need faith to pull the goodness of God. We need faith. We need it to arise to see the wonders of God take place, to, to receive that first. Because when we have faith, we are already filled. Oh my gosh, God is about to do the impossible. There is this miraculous being built within us that God is like so excited. I'm about to bring it down because you had faith in me, child. You have faith to believe. You had faith. It's about to be done. I will give you instruction, but it's about to be done. I will do it. I will do it. I'm going to bring it to pass. I'm going to bring it, but you be faithful, okay? You be faithful, and you'll see You'll see even greater wonders than just this. I love that. I just, I love that. He went up, guys. This angel of the Lord went straight up, ascended in the flame of the altar. In the flame. That altar is gratitude. Every time God met his people, every time God met his people in the Old Testament, every time God met his people in the Old Testament, okay, I'm not just talking about miracles and signs, even before that, when he meets people, like how he met Jacob in his dream as he ran away from his brother because he was about to get killed. When God met him in that dream upon that rock, And said, you will see angels. He saw angels ascending and ascending from heaven. He woke up and he gave offering. What is that offering? That offering is gratitude. That offering, like, we are not to give unless we are filled with the abundance of God. When he draws it out of you that you want to give. That's how you are a cheerful giver. You know, he can stretch your faith that you're you're in lack. And he says, okay, give this. That's still faith. And he'll do miracles even with a mustard seed of faith. So that's a mustard seed of faith. Okay. He will still honor that, you know? But this kind of faith, like, real faith is that you have an outpouring of gratitude before the miracle even comes. Because even an encounter with God is an open door that God is about to do something. And every time we go into his presence, there should be this awe. Like, I want this awe, this wonder already, this expectation. Like, God, you have given me an open communication with you 24 hours. That means in my 24 hours with you, through Jesus Christ, like, there's something that you want to give me. And there's something that you are doing. Something that you want to speak. That is miraculous in its ways. That is wondrous in all its ways. That just this open channel means that anything is possible and anything that I share you shall do in abundance like it just he takes it up in a fire he takes it up in that fire that gratitude like God do whatever you want to do because this is amazing the fact that you speak to me the fact that you see me the fact that you love me the fact that you encourage me is already an open door that you can do the impossible as already a channel with you, that I am open, that you're open always to me to, to do a wondrous thing. 
And it's all out of the abundance of the heart, like out of this overflow. You cannot encounter God, cannot meet Jesus, and not walk away the same. You just cannot. You have to be transformed because this light, this love, this abundance, this grace, this mercy just fills you, just fills you, fills you, fills you, fills you, fills you, fills you, fills you to an overflow, fills you to an overflow. And they fell. It says, when Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. It was just so holy to behold. It was just so wondrous to behold. It was just, you know, when you have an encounter with God, you give your all. You lay down everything. You remember that he is so big, that he's just so big. He's just so big. He's just so grand. It's just magnificent. Everything else fades away. Look, like Jacob was sleeping on a rock. This man had nothing left to his name. He gave it all away. He dropped it off because he wanted to save his life. He had an encounter with God. He wrestled with an angel. And yet he was full? How? 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 What is the miracle in there? No, the miracle comes after. The miracle came after he was full. The miracle came after he was in awe. The miracle came after he gave his offering of gratitude. Because God, though I am nothing, though I have nothing, though I am a scheming fool, a deceiving, scheming, stealing fool, a coward on the run, you met me and you showed me glorious things, such as angels ascending and descending from above on this rock. Like, no wonder his people give all. No wonder his people give everything. No wonder his people in the New Testament lay down everything, distribute everything, and follow him. You move when your heart is full. You obey when your heart is full. Sometimes it takes a step of faith to get there. I know because I do the same thing. He leads me to do the same thing. Though you do not see how this can help you, though you do not see how this can be a passage to your breakthrough, though you cannot see how this can bless you, how this can bring you money and opportunities, though you cannot see it, will you trust me and do it? Will you extend whatever faith you have, whatever hope you have, to me. Watch me. Watch me if I will not give you for your vats to overflow. Watch me. And those are just fleshly things. Those are just worldly things. But when you sow in the spirit, you receive in the spirit. Like it you reap in the spirit. And I forgot that that's where we do the sowing and the reaping. It's in the spirit first. It's in your heart. It's in your spirit. When you are connected to him. When you do things because of relationship. And this is not a corny, cliche thing. Where it's just, oh yeah, yeah, relationship we got to do. No, it's like... Because you know who you talk to. Who has spoken to you. And you know the, who this is. My sheep hear my voice. And the voice of another they shall not follow. Right? What is this following? It's because they hear. It's because they listened. That's the only thing. He did not say, my sheep hear me and they follow me because they are faithful. No, they just go by a voice. They go by hearing. That's faithfulness. To want to hear from God. That already is faithfulness. You're like, Jane, how come? No, that can't be. Yes, it is. Do you know what it feels like? To want to hear his voice every second, every minute of the hour. I don't care that there is nothing in my hand. I don't care that there is no one listening. It does not matter. I hear his voice. 
I'm gonna do what he asks because I hear him and to seek him. They're like, oh, Jay, no, that's easy, blah, blah. No, 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 I'm not talking about your 15 minutes a day. No, it's not about the time. It's about your heart. When you sit with him, are you seeking him? Do you hear him? Do you want him? Do you want him? Do you want this? Do you want God? Do you want him? Are you... Do you feel lost enough that you want to hear his voice? And when you taste his goodness, it's like, no, give me more. Who am I without you? What am I without you? What am I to do without you, without my shepherd's voice? What am I doing in this pasture if you are not here? No, I need to hear my father's voice. Even if it's just my name, I need to hear my father's voice. Even if it's not to do anything but just Jane. Jane. Like, you know? Faithfulness in that will lead me and lead you, lead us into faithfulness in greater things, faithfulness in the natural, without this, it is nothing but a duty, it is nothing but offering ritual sacrifice, offering ritual time, ritual prayer. Though we need that discipline, you know, but where is the heart in that discipline? Is it just for disciplinary sake? Whereas that heart is, no, God, though I do not feel like I hear you now, when I sit here and I talk with you, and I'll do it every day until you talk to me, until I finally hear what you're saying, you know, if that is your heart, he will bless you. But if it's just something that you routinely do so that you feel good, so that you're doing the Christian things, but you're not being filled, it's just... It becomes one other thing that you do throughout the day as a routine. There is no life in it. But if your heart is to seek Him, if your heart is for this, you be consistent. I will be consistent. Be persistent in pursuing His love. Even in the smallest of ways, even if a minute at a time, at a second at a time, a moment at a time. Because when you taste of him, when you seek him, and he fills you, and he gives you that word, and he gives you that prayer, and he gives you a vision, he gives you whatever, you'll want more. And always remember, like, what brought you there in the first place? It's not just because you needed a miracle. You actually need more than just a miracle. You need God. That's what it is. And I love that they have this encounter through this. You just fall flat, like face flat to the ground. You bow. Because that's who he is. That's how greedy he is. And the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. So he was no longer there. And that's when he knew. Because he saw him being taken up. He knew that this was no like ordinary encounter. And Manoah, out of this overflow, of this miracle, of this wonderful thing, the God of the heavens has reached down to us a family of barrenness, of hopelessness, of bondage, and of oppression to our enemies. God has spoken to us. He saw us. And he wants to do it through us. So Manoah says, we shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said to him, because that's how we feel when we're in front of God. We are made known. That we are sinners. We are made known that we are sinners. No matter how righteously we live on this earth. It says our righteous acts are still filthy rags to him. Like we still feel this way. Because we are still in this flesh. Until we go into our glorified bodies. Until he gives us our glorified bodies. We will still feel this. And that's how they felt. And his wife said to him. If the Lord had desired to kill us. He would not have accepted a burnt offering. And a grain offering from our hands. Nor would he have shown us all these things. Nor would he have told us such things as these at this time. And it's just, again, it's the story of redemption. 
is the story of redemption because there's no unbelief and fear and condemnation that Adam spoke when God confronted him. When God confronted him about what he did, eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, even though God's word was not to, the thing that comes out of his mouth is I was hiding because I was afraid. And then he says, I blame my wife, this blessing that you've given me. I blame this creation. But here there's redemption. Instead, he acknowledges the sin. He acknowledges his state. And he says, God is about to destroy us because we just saw him. But there's a redemption because the wife, she also doesn't blame the serpent. She also doesn't use her wis like wisdom in the way that the tree of knowledge of good and evil was. But instead, she says, no, look at this. God accepted us. He did not want to kill us. He accepted this burnt offering, this grain offering. He has chosen to accept us. And he has shown us these things, shown us these things. He has shown it to us. And I love that Eve, she ate from the tree for her own wisdom sake and passed it down to her husband to have greater wisdom in exchange for God. But here we see that when she encountered God, she tasted of his wondrous miracles, his, his, his being, and she offers this testimony of faith. When she proclaims this, this is faith instead of wisdom of the world, faith instead of the wisdom of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is faith. She's saying, no, look at this. This is God's mercy. This is him showing these things. Otherwise, if he wanted to smite us, he would not have shown us these things. I just love this encounter. I love this encounter. I love that I'm sharing this with you. And says, so the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. He blessed him. We saw that she remained obedient because the son did come to pass. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahanae Dan, sorry guys, between Zorah and Eshtol. Yeah, I really got to learn how to read these names and places. I don't mean to, um, yeah, but anyway. So I love that it still shows his faithfulness. The Spirit of the Lord began to move upon this child. He not only moved upon him, but he blessed him. He blessed him. He blessed him. He blessed him, 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 he blessed him. As if the calling, as if his name, his little birth, his, not little, his birth being spoken out before he was born, as if that was not enough, he continues to bless him. He blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. He gave him his spirit. He, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Upon him him is that not god's goodness is that not his faithfulness that he in the old testament his spirit rested upon him but we have his spirit in us now today that is greater intimacy that just broke the barriers of just resting upon us now he dwells in us it's not is that not a wondrous miraculous thing to behold and he blesses us as if that is not enough, that we have the Spirit of God in us, that we were born for such a time as this. We were born to know God. We were born to know God. As if that's not a miracle in itself that I was born, He gave me His Spirit, and then He blesses me? Like, is that not enough? Is that... Not more than enough than I could ever ask, dream, or think. Is that not exceedingly abundant than what I could have ever asked for in this world, in people, in anything? Is that not more than enough for you and I? And this is not just a, a sharing just for you to like be settled in this. No! This is to build your faith so that you can ask for more of God in your life, in your family. You know why? 
I have the audacity that God and his blessing me and filling me with his spirit. I have the audacity that God, I want more. I have the audacity, God, that I would want your goodness to come upon this earth, not just for me and my life, for my children's life, my husband's life, whoever he may be, whoever they are, and for my family now. The audacity that you have given me all that I could ever desire, and I still, still ask that God, in this wretched flesh that I am in, could I ask for more? of your blessing, that God, would you not delight to give more than I could ever contain in my heart for people, for you, that the blessing shall not overtake me, should they not, as you have spoken, that others can be blessed through this. <sighs> Glory to the Father on high. For he has done wondrous and miraculous things unto us. That he shall bring down himself in the form of flesh. To not keep it, but to lay it down. That my Father on high shall receive glory unto his name. That is due from beginning to the end. As, of, as Alpha and Omega shall this not be done. For the people of God, shall this not be done for the children of God? For the children of God, for a people that he calls his own. He calls his own. That they are not just chosen, but they are his own. They are his own, grafted into the same branch that we did not deserve. How much more, God? How much more, God, do you have in your heart? the wondrous and good things that you have for us today and from every day forth. Glory and praise and honor to my King on high. You sit on the throne. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You have received in heaven what you deserved even on earth, but you have waited that we may receive it, that you gave us the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and the keys to Hades and death shall not prevail, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against your church, against us as a people who have received your spirit, portion of your spirit not in lack but in abundance in the wholeness that is in you Christ you are my king you are my lord you are my savior forever you are my lover you are my friend you are my brother and my sister you are my mother and my father you are my bread you are my wine you are my food to the end Thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.